What's going on, Broncos country? I hope you've been having a fantastic Sunday like I have as our Denver Broncos were victorious in the season opening game against the Seattle Seahawks by a score of 27 to 24. Here in a little bit, I will be uh, joined by my good friend Jeff Ryan, who's really become a regular now over the past few weeks joining me on these podcasts. Um, and I'm your host, Tanner Lee, by the way, at the underscore T underscore Lee on Twitter, if you want to follow me on there. So uh, just in a few moments, Jeff and I will be breaking down our everything that we thought was good, what was bad, and um, just all of our thoughts on the week one game against the Seahawks. But uh, first, uh, to get us pumped up about this postgame podcast, here's a little music from the Mad Fanatic himself. Jeff, we can finally talk about some meaningful football, and the good news is the Broncos are 1-0. Amen, brother. It's a good day in Broncos country, and uh, super pumped to have week one under our belt with a victory. Yeah, and, and you know, interesting stat I was kind of thinking about in my head. This is the seventh week one uh, win for the Broncos in a row. you got to go back to 2011 yeah. against the Raiders on Monday night uh, to find the last loss. You and I watched that game uh, yes. in your old campus suites apartment in West Lafayette, Indiana. <laughs> yes. that, was not a, that was not a shining moment. Nope, I still remember uh, Kyle Orton reaching back to throw to a wide open Brandon Lloyd and losing the ball, Oakland filling it, yeah. and that, that was the ball game. Not great, not, uh, not great days no. back then, but no. seven in a row is pretty sweet. And I, I can't remember the exact stat, but I want to say that we are like 45 and 13 or something crazy like that in our home openers in our history. I believe it. I saw some stat like that. I think we, we had 44 wins at home, home openers, and pretty good. It's, uh, it says a lot about the Broncos crowd and the, the uh, home field advantage that we have in Denver. Uh, I tell you what, the uh, crowd definitely brought it today. That's something Vance Joseph hit on in the postgame uh, press conference. Yeah, I, I love it, man, the Mile High Thunder. It's it, – I know that everyone's going to say they have a home field advantage, but we are truly lucky to have a true home field advantage. And when you go to a game in Denver, I mean, we all know as Broncos fans, it, it really is, you know, probably a top five, for sure, top ten home field advantage. So we're lucky to have it. Yeah, and the defense thrives off it. You can tell in those last two uh, defensive stands, um, yeah. the fans have really had their back and uh, helped make it everything easier for them and tougher for the the Seahawks, that's for sure. So, indeed. But yes, uh, Broncos were victorious, uh, 27-24 today. Um, I guess just kind of give me your initial thoughts. Well, I was really excited, for, you know, right off the bat, just to get the win. Um, the National Football League is hard, no matter who you're playing, and no matter what week it is. So to start one and zero is is uh, thrilling. It definitely was up and down game was my initial thought. It looked like a week one game where there was just some sloppiness and couldn't get into a rhythm at times. And there was some coaching decisions. I thought 
that were questionable at times, but for both teams and both defenses had holes. Um, but overall, I'm really excited going into the rest of this year. Yeah, no doubt. I think, uh, you know, and I think around the league in general, like you said, it's week one. So, uh, I mean, there was a few teams, a handful of teams that looked really sharp today. But other than that, everybody kind of had their ups and downs throughout the day today. Great point, yeah. But uh, but uh, one thing I wanted to hit on real quick was uh, the play of Case Keenum. New quarterback, new new sheriff in town, guy who's got the reins. Uh, I thought he had a very up-and-down day. He finished with a stat line of 25 completions on 39 attempts for 329 yards, three touchdowns, but also three interceptions. Yeah, there was definitely some throws he made. Uh, you and I were texting during the game that we're thinking, what does he see there, you know? Um, and I don't know what, what he sees. The first one to – that, that he was throwing to Demarius Thomas was clearly a miscommunication. DT just ran a uh, straight-up route down the middle of the field and just kept going in case either thought he was coming back or I, I'm not sure, um, and a pretty easy pick to, to Thomas. Second one was a really good play by the defender, but still forced it in a little bit. Um, and third one, again, just not sure where he was going on the field um, and what he saw, but – yeah, that was uh, that was Mick Mick uh, McDougal got both of those those last two yeah. picks. He had a pretty good game for himself. But yeah, I think uh, and I listened to some post game on um, eight fifty KOA today with Dave yeah. Logan and Mike Rice, and they interviewed um, Keenum. And I really didn't pay attention word for word what he said, but he he, he talked about how he forced those throws. Um, yeah. he, he took, he took, um, control of the mistakes. He owned up to them. So, you know, you know, and this is a quarterback that only threw seven interceptions last year. Yeah. Um, so it's a little concerning to see him do a three in one game, but like you said, it's week one. So I'm going to give him a pass. Now, if he does yeah. it next week against Oakland again, then it, it's going to get a little concerning. Even if he throws three and we win again, like we did today, because mm-hmm. that's going to catch up to you eventually. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. He, We brought him in to be a guy that can move the ball down the field, but that also takes care of the ball. That That is what allowed Minnesota, with the defense they had last year, to reach the NFC Championship game with Keenum under center. And that's the guy we brought him in to be. And so to already have almost half the interceptions that he threw all of last year is definitely concerning. Um, but like you said, it's week one, uh, maybe some jitters. Kind of looked like the preseason where – when he was missing, he was kind of missing high in the beginning of the game. Um, when he got into a flow, he looked really good. But then some of those throws that he missed were were just so bad that it, it to me it's more – I think he can fix those things. It, it's not like he was throwing the football poorly. He just, he just made some bad throws and just didn't see maybe the receiver that he thought he saw. So I think that's fixable. Yeah, I think his mistakes are definitely fixable. And, uh, you know, I – if somebody bet me, you know, saying that Case Keenum's going to throw more than three interceptions in a game this season, I'd probably take the under because, yeah, I mean, I, I, he, in my opinion, he might most likely won't even throw three in a game again this year. I mean, yeah. I don't know. He's just a guy to me that protects the ball well and makes smart decisions. Um, and when he was hitting in rhythm today, our offense was fun to watch. I mean, we we hadn't seen that really 
eh, on occasion the past two years, but nothing consistently. Yeah, there were a couple times where Simeon the last two years would get in the groove and the offense looked okay. Last year against Dallas, week two, was one that stood out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's still the the majority of those times under Simeon, it just looked like everything was so much hard work. And today, to me, it felt like we saw an offense that we have not seen in about four years, honestly, because even that last year with Manning, it was just a grind on offense the entire season when we won the Super Bowl. Um, and to see our offense get in a rhythm at times, you know, sl- you know, slow the game down with, with good runs, find open receivers, the, the offense to me looked like a whole new machine. So I, I was really excited to see that. And I was more so just excited to know that we do have the capabilities of putting that all together with a, still a really strong defense. Yeah, and and let's keep talking about the offense here for a little bit. Uh, uh, you know, one guy that was happy, and I'm happy because I have him on my fantasy team, that's Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, oh, Emmanuel yeah. had 10 catches today for 135 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he had a great day, and you had talked a lot of the fact that he and Keenum had a really nice connection in the preseason, and you kind of saw that today. Um, I, I love Emmanuel's uh, fire. He just brings that leadership on the field that you need um he's not always the greatest leader off the field i wouldn't say for the broncos to be honest um but i think he you know all the guys really like him and he just brings so much intensity to game day that it does help our offense i think a lot yeah i couldn't agree more and and, and, you know all offseason he praised how happy he is that case keenum's here because it was hard for him to develop chemistry the last few years when the quarterbacks were constantly changing so I think having Keenum here definitely going to um, help Emmanuel out a bunch. Assuming he stays healthy, I think he's going to have a real big season. Oh yeah, I completely agree. And that uh, the play that they the first touchdown that he scored um, to put us up. Let's see, I'm I want to be wrong on this here. The touchdown to Sanders early mm-hmm. in the game where. He was kind of running across the field and got a nice block. Yeah, I believe that put kind – of I think that put us up 14 to 10. Yeah, yeah, that, that's correct. Um, that was just all Sanders doing the work and kind of some sloppy defense by Seattle, but but still a really nice play by Sanders and the highlight with the flip in the end zone was pretty cool. Which I think he, I think he banged himself up a little bit on that flip. I mean, he's okay, but uh, yeah. yeah, if I'm Vance Joseph, I tell him, watch, watch, watch that next time. Just, just run in the end zone. <laughs> Maybe not do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> an- another wide receiver that I thought had a good game, especially after a slow start in the first quarter, was Demarius Thomas. He ended up with six catches for 63 yards because he had two, if not three, drops early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you at all surprised that they were targeting him so much to start the game? <sighs> no. No, because, I mean, he he's the veteran there. He's been there the longest, and, and he's still DT. He's still a stud. Um, yep. And if he keeps it up, he's going to go down as the best Broncos wide receiver of all time. I mean, he's right there statistical-wise with Rod Smith in about every category. So Yeah, and I want him touching the ball as much as he can. I just I, – I also want him playing, you know, up to his capabilities because there's sure. some times where you would just wonder what what, what went wrong there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but love that they targeted him early on, get him some confidence. I know he had a couple drops and Keenum threw high on the – on a couple, um, and then the miss route that ended in a 
Earl Thomas pick. Yep. But he did settle in after that and had some nice plays, so I was really, really thrilled to see him and Keenum get a little connection. And then uh, rookie Cortland Sutton had two catches for 45 yards. Um, pretty pretty good game for him. Not Probably not targeted as much as I hope to see, but, uh, you know, we spread the ball around pretty good today. So. Yeah, we did. And it was nice to also see, which I know you're going to hit on here very shortly, is the not only the run game with the two running backs, but the game with Freeman and Lindsey, especially getting Lindsey out wide and letting him do some stuff with his feet. Well, yeah, and, and Philip Lindsay, like I know we'll mention here in a little bit, talk a lot more about him, but he did end up with two receptions for 31 yards and a touchdown, including that 29-yard yeah. touchdown, which he really just caught the ball in the flat and then just showed off his wheels, which uh, the kid's special. It's just such a threat when you can have a back that can catch out of the backfield. We really didn't have that with C.J. Anderson. Devontae Booker never really developed into that kind of guy, even though he was supposed to be. Well, it's um, it, it, Booker actually had two catches for 11 yards a day. Freeman didn't have a catch. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm thrilled though about Philip Lindsay. I you know I think w- when we first got him um, as a free agent, we both said that he was going to make the team right away and couldn't believe that he wasn't drafted even to begin with by anybody, um, including us. But uh, no, I am I am thrilled that we gave him as many touches as we did because I was a little bit worried to get in the game here and there, kind of get a feel for it. They No, they, they put him out there right away, and he made an impact instantly. I loved it. Well, yeah, and they, they, they you know, had him out there in a lot of crucial third down plays and a lot of crucial situations. That just shows you how uh, much confidence this coaching staff has in him. Yeah, and it's so nice to have a true – one-two punch with him and Freeman, and they're mm. completely different backs. I just, I think it's going to be such a weapon to have that we. I'm not going to say we didn't have a running weapon the last couple of years because I, I like CJ a lot. I think he provided a good boost for us when we needed it. But I think this these two backs together can really add a nice dimension to the offense. No, I agree. It's kind of thunder and lightning with um, Freeman yeah. as the thunder, Lindsey with the lightning. They both end up with 15 carries and both had 71 yards. A lot of Royce's uh, yardage came in the fourth quarter when the Broncos needed to ice the game, and they just gave him the ball, and he just rumbled his way forward for first down after first down after first down. Yeah, and it's funny because both those stat lines, like you said, are obviously so similar. And uh, Lindsey's was kind of that louder 71 yards. He had the nice touchdown with the catch. Um, and – just kind of, I, I thought he just looked a little flashier just because he looks just naturally flashier. He has more speed. He's a little quicker. Um, but Freeman, with a quiet, crucial 71 yards, like you said, just barreling down when we need him to pick up first downs to kind of, you know, drain the clock at the end of the game. I love it. I, I think that if we can have that kind of production from both of those guys, we're going to be, we're going to be thrilled with that. No, I couldn't agree more. And uh, so now let's go on the flip side of the ball and talk about the Broncos' defense, which I thought played a pretty good for a majority of the game today. Uh, they held Russell Wilson to 298 yards. He ended up with a stat line of 19 for 33, three touchdowns, two picks. But uh, Seattle also gave up six sacks to our defense. Uh, we only gave up, it looks like, uh, 64 rushing yards. So that, I thought that was really good. And 24 yeah. of those came on one play by a Carson, yeah. who 
broke off a 24 yarder and even um uh, secondary little cause for concern at times uh, Tyler Lockett had a 51 yard touchdown with with which it looked like there was some miscommunication or a misassignment or something that Justin Simmons kind of got confused there with uh, Brandon Marshall old Bronco himself had three catches for 46 yards in the touchdown but um the the guy who was really hurt hurting the Broncos today was a guy a rookie I've never even heard of, rookie tight end named Will Disley. This guy ended up <laughs> yeah. with three catches for 105 yards in the touchdown, including a 66-yard reception. You know, that's something the Broncos defense has struggled for the past two or three years is covering tight ends. And at least through one week, it looks like that issue isn't resolved. Yeah, ever since I've watched the Broncos as a little kid, we have struggled covering tight ends. And I don't know if you go back through our whole history, if that's the case, it just feels like it is. And especially the last two years, like you said, I think the year we won the Super Bowl, we were really fortunate um, to have Danny Trefathan covering tight ends when maybe, when we probably didn't even realize it. Um, and I think we have the linebackers to do it, but Brandon Marshall and Todd Davis, for some reason, do get lost at times when it comes to the tight end position. I, I don't know if it's them. These are things that, you know, from a scheming uh, part of the game, I, I don't have the knowledge of to know who's missing assignments, especially on a tight end position. I think that's got to be pretty complicated. Um, but I would imagine that it's coming from our linebacker position. Am I wrong? I, I think you're correct. Um, I remember two years ago in 2016 being out in Denver against – uh, Atlanta for a game in person and they were picking on Todd Davis. Yeah. Yeah. It's good of a tack. It's really good at defending the tight end position. I remember when occasionally that I feel like they would put him on like Gronk or Kelsey back in the day when we had him. Um, and since then, you know, Simmons is a little bit smaller. Um, of course, Will Parks who hasn't played um, due to injury. Uh, is a little bit smaller to be covering tight ends. So that's definitely going to have to be a point of emphasis because there's a lot of good tight ends in the league, especially in the AFC, that could hurt us. Well, Will, Will Parks was out there today. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. But uh, Sua Cravens, maybe that's who you meant? He yeah. he wasn't out there because of due to injury. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I thought, I thought defensively, I thought for the most part we um, – we played really well, um, especially Von Miller, who ended up with a stat line of seven sack, seven tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery. He's a stud, man. He's one of the best players I've ever seen plays. He's the best Broncos defender I've ever seen. Yeah, today and today with his third sack, he moved into the top fifty in NFL history in sacks already. Incredible. Yeah, he's uh, incredible. He's the best pass rusher in the game, at least in my opinion. I know. Uh, yeah. I know some Bear fans now um, have a different opinion on their new stud, but. Well, I always want to believe that uh, the team needs to win something before you can I agree. Uh, call the guy the best. I and, agree. Uh, Von Miller was the reason that we won a Super Bowl. So until Khalil Mack wins a team a Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> I agree. I think we're gonna we're gonna be fine with who we have. I agree. And then uh, going down the stat line, uh, Todd Davis was the leader in tackles with eight. Uh, Brandon Marshall had six. J- 
Justin Simmons had four and an interception. Shaq Barrett had two tackles and a sack. Adam Pacman Jones had two tackles and a game-clinching interception on the last play of the game, if you want to give that to him in his Broncos debut. Um, and then, really, uh, Bradley Chubb, he, he had three tackles and half a sack in his uh, Broncos debut, and, and Chris Harris had two tackles and, an interse- and a sack, I should say, not, not an interception. And even Darren Stewart had a half a sack. So everybody getting involved today. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the defense – you know, overall played really well. I think that I think our biggest concern to start this season is that we've lost some secondary guys from our Super Bowl year that made us a Super Bowl team. The Seahawks kind of showed everyone how to build a great defense by having such good secondary pieces that it pretty much makes everybody else on the field look good. We were really fortunate to have a great secondary, a great pass rush, and great linebackers the year we won the Super Bowl. And since then, we've kind of built up our lo- our uh, defensive line now to make our secondary look good. I think Chris Harris is top five cornerback, at least in the AFC. It's not the league. He doesn't get that respect, but you know we believe that as Broncos fans. I mean, he shuts everybody down almost every single game. Mm-hmm. Bradley... Bradley Roby looks like he's still getting beat at times, um, but is you know this is his first season starting at you know the number two corner. He's been playing the slot corner with Talib and Harris on the team the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and Simmons and Parks are young, so I think our secondary is going to have to rely on the uh, defense defensive line to get pressure, and you know hopefully they can do enough and. Now that we have an offense to keep us in it, I think our defense is still going to be uh, really scary. So I, I'm not, I'm not too concerned. But I, I, I love obviously what I saw out of Vaughn. Uh, Todd Davis played really well. Chris Harris, like you said, played really well. Um, Want to see a little more out of Roby shutting people down, but I think we're going to be all right. How about Pac-Man in, in his debut today? Two tackles and an interception. Yeah, such a good point. He was great. I thought. And he had a nice little kick return early in the game. Yeah. No, he, he stepped in. Right or punt return. Punt return, I should say. I think it was. I don't think it was kick return. Yeah. No, you're good. He, I could. I completely agree. He stepped in and looked like uh, the veteran that he is and looks like he'll be a, a big a big part of our defense. So, I love that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, look at the four pass rushers, the leading pass rushers, I should, I should say, on the Broncos defense. Von Miller, uh, Shaquille Barrett. Bradley Chubb and Shane Ray. I mean, you get those guys going, this defense is going to be dangerous. Oh yeah, it's it's incredible, and of course, Wolf Pecco and Shelby Harris and Gotsis. I thought Gotsis had some good moments today. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, couldn't forget about Gotsis. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's nice to have depth where you forget about guys. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, that's a great transition to this. Before I forget to make this point. I think we need to give a big shout-out to the offensive line because no one's talking about them, and that's because they, they did such a good job. Typically, the offensive line only gets talked about uh, when they do a bad job, and I think that you know goes to show that they really stepped up today and protected Keenum well and, and helped our run game out tremendously. No, I, I completely agree, and I was going to say that, and I meant to say that earlier when we talked about the offense, so I'm glad you brought that up. I think – I'm not looking at looking at it right now, but I believe they only gave up one sack today 
And off the top of my head, I only remember one or two penalties being called on them today, and none of them were on Garrett Bowles. Yeah. It, yeah, it's incredible. I, I That is such an understated um, part of this win today that really, I think, is going to help our offense tremendously. I mean, there were times the last couple of years where, you know, Bowles was a rookie and he was getting flagged and getting beat. and There were just some holes on that line, but I think today, if they look like this this year, I mean, I'll take that any week. Well, absolutely. And uh, one, one head-scratching stat kind of was that the Broncos had 25 first downs compared to Seattle's 14 today, and but Seattle wow. put up 24 points with only 14 first downs. I mean, that's that shows you they hit on some big plays, which is kind yeah. of a concern, but – it also shows you how good the Broncos' offense was getting 25 first downs. And and I, and I don't want to hype up the Seahawks acting like they're the Seahawks of old because I, I personally don't think this is a very good Seahawks team. Um, this is only week one. They do have some talent. I mean, they have one of the best mobile quarterbacks in the game. Um, yeah. But they have a lot of holes to fill on this team. So I don't want to act like we just beat the Eagles or the Vikings, or anything like that, but I also want Broncos country, which I think our fans are pretty intelligent, so they understand this, uh, to realize that coming off a 5-11 and 11 year and to play as bad as we were at the end of the year last year, to start off this year with a lot of new guys, some new coaches on the coaching staff, a new quarterback at the helm, to get a win is huge. I think that is an incredibly good and well-said point. Um, you know, a win is a win in the NFL. It really is. And I know that all wins are not the same and they're not all perfect. But after a 5-11 season, like you just said, a win against a Seattle team with a mobile quarterback is is big. Now, we're going to see a lot better teams, I think, this year. And there were plays today and I think a few coaching decisions that I want to hit on that need to change. However, to start the season 1-0, and I don't care who is against or who, you know, how you do it is the most important thing. And uh, if we can fix a few things and tidy up a few things, I think this team is going to be competitive, which is what, you know, which is what we need. We're not saying the Broncos are, are going to, you know, be Super Bowl contenders, even maybe AFC contenders, but we just expect competitiveness out of the Broncos. And I think all around the team looks like they have that capability. Yeah, I, I, and I like how you brought that up because I definitely thought I saw some more quote-unquote kicking and screaming today, which was yeah. irrelevant with this, this team the past two years, especially last year. Oh, yeah, completely, completely. Did you Was there anything from any of the coaching staff that you saw that you didn't like today? Oh, um, you know, I'm sure there was. But uh, since it's been a few hours since the game ended, I can't think I, – I can think of more good than bad, but uh, I'm taking it by your tone. There was a few things, so I'm curious to see what you got to say about this. There was only a couple of things uh, for me. And, and again, I, I'm not a coach. I have no coaching experience <laughs> in football. So I don't uh, – you know, this is a fan's perspective. But at halftime, that is the time as a coach to make adjustments. And I feel like the Seahawks came out of half and made adjustments, and we didn't. Instead of sticking with what was working for us, we put in Booker for two runs right off the bat that went nowhere. 
I think we gained two yards, and then we're forced into a third and eight that we didn't convert. Um, the other thing is I don't love the look on Joseph when, again, this is a complete fan perspective. I don't think these things probably matter to the players. But you want to have a coach that, that looks composed in all phases of the game when things are going well and when things are going badly. And when things go bad, like when Seattle threw that uh, – 52-yard pass or whatever it was to block it um, for them to take the lead. Joseph had that look that he always has after a long, you know, score for the other team where he's got his hands on his hips, he's looking at the scoreboard like, how could that have possibly happened? He looked lost, like, how did that happen? Instead of, instead of thinking, we probably didn't put our defenders in the right position or you know, maybe, you know, maybe it was Justin Simmons' mistake, but instead of looking like that, I'd rather him go right up to Justin Simmons and say, what happened there, you know, or so- something like that. And, again, I, we don't see everything that goes on on the sidelines. But those are the things that I saw from Joseph last year that I just I, – I don't – you know, a lot of winning coaches, you don't see him doing a lot of that kind of stuff. And I don't know why it bugs me, but, again, it, I, it's week one. I'm not I'm not trying to get over my head here. But those are just two things that I, that I saw that I didn't love. No, yeah, and, 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 and you know, it is funny because – that's one thing I don't really care for that I've seen so far in Vance Joseph's short coaching career here in Denver is he doesn't yeah. show a lot of emotion, um, yeah. whereas some of these other coaches from the past did. But I, I will say when he looks up the scoreboard, at least he's not doing the John Fox look down at his uh, Mike Box <laughs> chomping on his gum yeah. and losing every challenge that he throws the damn red flag out on. So It is, it is a heck of a lot better than that, isn't it? <laughs> Um, but a few coaches that I thought did a good job. I thought Bill Musgrave called a good game. Um, it was really refreshing to see in the, his new offense and all the new toys he's got. And then uh, I thought McMahon, the new special teams coach, I thought special teams did really good today. I thought that's another thing that a lot of fans might not notice. And I'm not just talking about Marquette Keene, who he had a good game punting um, his six balls that he punted. McManus did a really good job making his two field goals. He looked sharp just like he did in the preseason. But I'm talking about more on the kick and punt coverage. The yeah. coverages were really good. Guys were flying down, making crisp, clean tackles. We did not see that under Brock Olivo last year at all. No, 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 we didn't. Um, Brock Olivo, you know, as intense as a guy as he was and as cool as he seemed, I just I don't think he knew how to put it all together on the field. And today, I completely agree. We looked like an NFL special team where we were the coverage was outstanding. So not another great point. And isn't it? Don't you just feel more comfortable having Pac-Man Jones back there as a punt returner? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think once about us possibly fumbling. I, it didn't even cross my mind. I mean, there was one time I thought he should have tried to get the ball instead of letting it go, and the ball rolled about fifteen, twenty yards farther than I probably should have. Yeah. But besides that, I, I'm confident he can usually make the right play being a veteran. Yeah, it's better than a fumble. Uh, you got any more uh, last thoughts on, on today's game? No, I'm – again, I'm thrilled with a win. I think, you know, we got 15 more games to uh, see what this team has. But we're going to face better teams, and we're going to have to play better in all in – all, uh, phases but I think we saw a lot of really good things from each defense special teams and offense the offensive line I thought was a highlight Philip Lindsay was a highlight and Case Keenum even though he threw three interceptions threw for over 300 yards so to me a great win for the Broncos and it's officially Raider week 
Yep, uh, the Broncos found a way to gut it out today. And it might not have been the cleanest of performances or the prettiest of performances. In the day, it doesn't matter. They got it done 27-24. And before I let you go, since you brought it up and it is Raider week, I know we don't do we don't preview the next week's games. Though that's another podcast we do with uh, Jared and Ray on the Orange Weekly. They do the pregame podcast. And we'll get everybody ready for uh, the Raider week. But as a lifelong Bronco fan, I want your perspective on Raider week. And could you share with me some of your favorite Bronco Raider memories? Oh, man, such a good question. Um, yeah, Broncos Raiders, even though the rivalry is not what it was. Gruden's um, back now, though. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, well, and exactly. And I, I think even though whenever Denver and Oakland play each other, each of those cities, it's still a big rivalry to them. Nationally, it's not maybe as well um, well known as it used to be. But... As a Bronco fan, growing up with it, it, it's it's awesome. I mean, I just remember every literally every Sunday night, and then Monday morning after whatever week we just played, like like tonight, the radio would already be talking about Raiders week, and it was instant like that. And people in the town were talking about, "Oh, you're going to see the Raiders game this weekend?" You know, they're coming to town, and um, there really was that hatred for them and their fans, and there there was a decent amount of. Um, Raiders fans, you know, in, in Colorado, just like there are um, a lot of fans everywhere nowadays in the National Football League. But I think my my favorite memories, um, gosh, when I was little, we were getting beat by them a lot. Rich Cannon was really good. Um, and there were a lot of games that we got beat by them. But if, if there was one special memory I have against the Raiders, I think, you know what, it was my first Monday night football game that I ever went to. Um, and it was at Old Mile High, and I don't remember the score, but I remember we won, and just thinking that was pretty cool. I, I was really little. I had to have been like maybe seven or eight years old. But um, I, I just love when the Raiders come to town, and it's it's going to be it's going to be rocking. I am so glad that we are not seeing Khalil Mack this week. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. Those, <laughs> just can laugh at how stupid the Raiders are for doing that, as at least when I was watching it the last time um, during the second quarter of the Bear game, he was dominating. He already has a touchdown for the Bears tonight. So, Wow. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's incredible. But uh, bring him on. I, I can't wait to hopefully give a rude welcome to the, to the uh, rivalry again to John Gruden. Yes, yeah. Welcome Chucky back to the Mile High with a beatdown. I like it. I can't wait. I like it. I can't wait. Well, thanks again for hopping on the post-game podcast, Jeff. It's always fun talking Broncos with you, and uh, hopefully uh, next time we talk to you is after another Broncos victory. All right, Tanner. Thanks so much for having me. Always great talking to you as well. And, uh, yeah, go Broncos. And that's going to do it for this week's Orange Weekly post-game podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Tanner Lee. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore T underscore Lee. Always like chatting fo- football, especially Broncos football with you guys. And uh, keep up with all of our uh, Orange Weekly shows and podcasts we got going on every week. I know you got a lot of di- different options of listening choices and viewing choices when it comes to Broncos coverage, but we really appreciate that you uh, decide to choose us. So um, look for the uh, 
pregame podcast hosted by Jared and Ray. They did a great job last week on their first pregame edition of the season. So look for that coming out sometime this week to get you all pumped up for Raider Week. Uh, Tuesday night at uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. Got our annual Tuesday Facebook Live show with Kev Dan called uh, Beer, Broncos, and No BS. Uh, We always like when you guys tune into that show. Definitely helps uh, with the comments. Definitely helps make the show go a lot better. Then Wednesday night, uh, Kev Dan is on again with alongside myself, and that is on got voc get vocal, excuse me, and also on Facebook, and that is um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Also at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Central, and 9 p.m. Eastern, where where we will be recapping what was good, the bad, and the ugly from this week's 27-24 Week One win over Seattle. And boy, does that feel good knowing I can. Put my head on my pillow tonight, and that we got knowing that we got the week one win, and we're one to know. So, with that said, Broncos country, like always, go Broncos. <laughs>